this is y'all welcome into the first anniversary show of the dumb marks podcast one year is in the book and as you can see by my name tag it's a celebration bitches what's going on fellas how much one year in crazy one year in one year down you know i remember my first time and let me tell you. <laughs> I think that's an it's about as, episode. It's about, as, it's about as memorable as this one is right now. So, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. One year in the books, man. I can't believe how fast it went. Shout out to everybody that tunes in and, and watches and listens along on the audio version. Um, we appreciate you guys a lot. We, we love the feedback. love interacting with you guys. Uh, shout out to Ray M for purchasing a shirt over at Pro Wrestling Tees. So thank you, sir, for supporting the podcast. Um, as always, shameless plug here in the intro, but uh, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash dumbmarkspod. Pick up uh, any one of the three shirts that are available right now, and if you do that before Monday, you'll get 30% off. So uh, a little, little off. right? 20 percent off. I tried to bump it up an extra ten, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> we don't we don't have that much pull over there yet. We're not named CM Punk or the Young Bucks, so um, we got to continue to grow. But no, thank you everybody for tuning in. Um, you know, as as the name says, it's a celebration today. Um, we're all here to interact with you guys, so send messages over throughout the show if you want. Let us know where you're at, where you're from, where you're listening to us at. Um, any questions? Feel free to send them over. And you know we'll we'll get into the normal shenanigans like we normally do here um, on the podcast each and every single week. But um, you know, for the most part, for the intro, I just kind of wanted to to shoot the shit and and break down kind of the podcast itself, how it came together, what it came to be. You know, realized last night we're a year in and we never really officially explained what the dumb marks meaning actually <laughs> is um, and, and how it came to be. So. Um, Anybody want to go first? If not, I'll kick it off myself. I'm just glad a year in, we're actually doing this at 11 a.m. Because last year, the first episode, we recorded after All Out. And I think we didn't get started till like 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it was a late night that, that first night, yeah. um, for sure. So so definitely, definitely um, things have changed. We started out audio only. And then, you know, the beginning of the year, we went live with video. So that was that was a new venture out into the podcasting space there with that. So um, you're you kind know, of sitting around the table. I do miss that. Just <laughs> <laughs> being around the table. Yep. Sharing the beers. Directly, directly across from each other. And... <laughs> yeah, one, micro- the... one microphone. <laughs> hey, as Nas said, all I need is one mic. Now, now we each got to set up, you know. Um, but no, it's been it's been fantastic. Um, I guess to kind of kick it off here, but like the genesis of us doing this was, um, you know, me and Chris were were talking and and. We, we noticed that, um, you know, some individuals were on shows and we're like, yo, how these dudes get on a podcast? Like, <laughs> not expecting it to be like, wow, okay. And then we were looking at the numbers that they were doing and it's like, all right, well, like, we can do this better than they can. Um, so that's literally how it started. Like, not it wasn't the same as a Dave Meltzer, Cody Rose $1 bet, but it was literally us saying, okay, all right, bet we can do this better than they can. So let's let's get together and, and come at it. Um, and that that's how it started off. So it started off as a two man pod. We ventured out in the four. Um, 
some of the initial names kicked around were black and white, obviously, for you know, the four hosts, but uh, <laughs> 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 but we uh. We, we we decided and landed on the dumb Mark's uh, name. And, you know, Mark, I guess, is a term that's synonymous with, with pro wrestling, right? Um, you know, back in the day, they say, you know, you were a Mark, you were a money Mark. So the wrestlers would or, or promoters um, would go after people that had big bank accounts and they would, you know, talk them into starting up a promotion, whatever, um, and basically bleed them dry for all their money. Um and then it moved into, you know, the, the fans became marks because they started to believe and buy into the stories and be invested in the characters and everything else. Um, and then on the, the birth of the Internet and, the you know, the wrestling age, it turned into smart marks where, you know, everybody that talks about pro wrestling knows more than pro wrestlers themselves. And <laughs> we by no means claim to to know any of that, which is why we're dumb marks. Um, but a mark itself to me, it's just you're a fan of something like mm. you're invested in something. It could be, mm -hmm. you know, it can be comics. It can be movies. It can be a TV show. It can be crocheting. It can be, you know, running, walking, biking, like whatever it is. Like, it's just something that, that you love to do and that you mm. love to talk about and interact with people that love the same thing as you and talk about it. And, you know, spread what, what you think is going on, um, you know, have open discussions and debate. And that's what we tend to do on this show. We talk about all the things that interest and like uh, that we like. Mm -hmm. Those things just tend to all merge together for all four of us. Um, sometimes we get into to more heated debates. Other times, you know, it's chill and laid back. But at the same time, it's all meant to be done in an entertaining fashion mm -hmm. and to, you know, basically just shoot the shit with your boys and, and talk about stuff that you would if you're sitting around the table drinking beers, just like Jay, you said. So that's the, I mean, that's really the genesis of the show and how it came to be um, and how, how it started. Now, along the way, we, we've had ups and downs and we've tried different things and all that, but that's, that's part of doing a show and figuring stuff out as we go along. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's really how we got started and, and why we're on the road that we're on now. It's been a it's been a crazy year. Definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing what the next year brings with us too. Mm -hmm. But I look forward yeah. to it every weekend. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely look forward to it, especially the debate part. One got to go for sure. <laughs> yeah, the one. So, so yeah, out of, out of this, the segments we do, you guys know each and every single week. Um, you know, we we post out there the one got to go. Um, that's that's typically our 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 biggest our biggest interaction segment of the week. Um, that's the one that, that people listen to the most per se. Um, you know, we'll throw out other clips and in, in segments of the week, but the one got to go really as, you know, Jay's wearing the shirt now, but that um, you see them all the time on the internet and we just took mm -hmm. it and applied it to our show. It's not like we came up with it. Um, yeah. And like, like everything else that, that that's done, um, you know, it's, Stolen, borrowed, and made new again. So we mm -hmm. just we just stole, it, borrowed it, and we made it into ours. Like it uh -huh. is what it is. And that that segment itself, we started out just by Chris. You bought a one gotta go game, and we started yeah. asking those questions off the game. Yeah. Um, but then it turned into okay, you know, each one of us picks a beer each week um, to review. So that it was like okay, well. 
whoever's turn it is for the beer of the week, you got to come up with a one guy to go for the week. Mm-hmm. And I think that's worked out better because now we're coming up with stuff yeah. from ourselves, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's presented to where we know it's going to get some some discussion and some and some some you know high temperatures raised as they say. I walked off the show. Um, I shut down. <laughs> one, one gotta go. I walked off. Um, and that and that one gotta go segment with the female vocalist. That was that was our our most viewed segment of the show for the year. That mm-hmm. that yeah. was you know up over three thousand views on that. Um, so yeah, like I think that, it was, that one. It was the chicken that sparked it off. <laughs> Was it the chicken? Yes, it was. It was the chicken. Uh huh. <laughs> that speaking made people angry. Yeah. Speaking of that, I had a I had a chicken bacon sandwich from Arby's last night, and it was way better than anything Popeyes puts out there. Um, oh, you know, I, yeah, it was it was top top notch, top of the line, like absolutely. So. Yeah, but you're right. The chicken sandwich definitely sparked it for sure. Like I, we, we keep saying we're going to do this RB stuff with Jason, and I think at this point he's just going to hate everything no matter if he likes it or not. I think we just need to do like a, a blindfold taste test with Jason. Just like, Look, try these different, try this different food. So I posted about Arby's, <laughs> and people were talking about okay, the, the roast beef sandwiches ain't all that, but other stuff is. Like, how is your your the thing you're known for? Not the best thing on your menu. Listen, you they evolve, you evolve, evolve you adapt, you grow. You know what I mean. You take, <laughs> nah. you take the foundation and you, you, you build, build an it. addition on it to the house. Exactly. <laughs> it's like me going to McDonald's and saying Big Macs are trash. Big Macs are trash. Oh, oh, garbage. Slander. <laughs> garbage. Slander. That fake Thousand Island dressing with some onion. You no, know, that, that's just trash. Absolutely not my first garbage. choice. Definitely not my first choice. Yeah, but no, nah, I mean that yeah. So like and what sucked is like like everybody else, um, you know, COVID happened. Yeah. So a lot of things that we had planned for the show and stuff that we wanted to do with, with outside, you know, outside segments and bits and, and trying different things we couldn't do just because it, you know, it, it's, it's been one, you know, a, a year and a half plus of, of COVID now stuff yeah. obviously is open back up, but like mm-hmm. things that we want to do and get out there, we, you know, we, we still haven't been able to do. So yeah, hopefully as we, as we, yeah, as we move into year two, um, you know, we'll we'll get into it. Um, ha- have some different things planned for the show itself. Trying to trying to change some stuff up. Uh, different segments planned for after dark. We're not just going to keep that strictly to to you know pay per view reviews or, or you know stuff like that. I want to I want to get into some other things on on that show um, as well. But yeah, man, I you know congratulations to y'all. I, you know, thanks for showing up every, every single week. Um, you know, Jay took a beer to a T-ball game and drank it for review, so that was that was a first. <laughs> and that same episode, he took the one got to go to the fans, and we found out. What, what yeah, we did. Yeah, team wanted outside a T-ball game. Let's, <laughs> let's keep it there outside. <laughs> yeah, he was. Thanks, Shout Alex. out, Alex. Thanks, Thank Alex. You. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also took it to uh, Living Treasures. Thanks, Justin. Tailgated out living treasures. Let's not make me that guy. I don't drink. 
<laughs> You're the one that wants to add crystal light to beer, and that's just blasphemous. Like hey. you can't do that. Like it does the job, it makes it taste a little better. Jason's the only night. crystal light to bubbling. It's already flavored water. It's not. It's not sugary. It's it's not flavored. It's it's it's, it's what is it called? Uh, essence. Uh, oh, essence water. You get a. You drinking yeah, it with your pinky out? You drinking yeah. it with your pinky out too? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> no, well, hey, speaking of sugary and and you being the snack guy and, and the go to when it comes to all that, I picked a bottle. Of, I picked up a bottle of Jim Beam Peach for for a celebration today. Right? I can't find Crown Royal Peach to save my life. I'm not driving to Ohio or West Virginia or New Hampshire to get Crown Royal Peach, and I'm not paying 110 dollars on the reup market. Because all you I see you, I see the hustle you are doing during COVID uh-huh. driving out there. I'm not gonna mention names, but I see y'all out there on Facebook posting. I got that crown royal peach. Hit me up. I'm I'm not paying triple the price. You're not gonna get me like people do with sneakers. Okay, it's not gonna happen. So I picked up a bottle of Jim Bean Peach off the recommendation of the dude from the liquor store. And um Jay, since you're all things peach, what would you mix that with? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a. I was not, thinking tea, just to to have it be a peach tea. Matter of fact, I I had a um a peach energy drink. Somebody said recommended mix that with. Well, I, I'm I'm not doing that. I, 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 I don't want to do that. <laughs> See, I, I've done I've done the I've done the Jaeger bombs with Red Bull way too many nights, and I know like that's not good for the that's not good for the heart and everything else. So I'm not going to do that. But I was just trying to think of different things to mix with it and. Like the only thing I keep coming back to is tea, right? Like or a, like a so there's um, a peach ring shot that you talked about before. What do you remember what that mixes with? No, peach ring candy itself. There's a million different ones. Like the tag band all the time. Yeah, you know, you know how you know how people make sangria with fruit and that. Jason would make sangria with like peach rings and and you know. Sour Patch Watermelon Kids and, and not everything else. That that would be Jason Sanger. Twizzlers. Oh, if, if I'm going out there, it's always had candy in my in my alcohol. Uh-huh. Always had candy on me. You'd be dancing up on a girl with peach rings in your hand. Hey, that's the open. Everybody wants a snack. Everybody wants a snack. That's what you. I, mean, I don't want a snack. Speaking of pulled up for a drink, it said to mix with it. Uh, mix the peach with uh, ginger ale. Well, ginger ale is a classic, so okay, I can figure that. Would that uh, would that work with a juice? See, juice I, to me, juices go with vodka. Vodka, yeah. Not not so much whiskey or burp uh, or burp, no. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but uh, speaking of of snacks and dancing up on girls, we found out that Donald only messes with girls that have felonies and are on parole. So <laughs> you're on the bubbler and the tinder. Um, with an ankle bracelet. Yeah, ankle, that ankle bracelet. Yeah, that's the accessory Donald looks for. It's not the Louis bag. Or, or, hey, yeah, I know where you are at all times. He looks for the, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if we got... Yeah, pen pals uh, from from the Allegheny Jail. Hit up Donald on social media and shout out to him because he's looking. You should be on that show. Don't they have a show on TLC? Uh, something, uh, something. I I forget what it is, but they have some stupid show with parolees and finding love right away or something. That Donald, I- you should send an application in for and be on that show. And I'm a graduate of national security and criminal law. So, 
He's <laughs> going against everything he learned in college. <laughs> Just like Harley with Joker, I've been seduced. You could you could have got you could have got that degree for free on the streets, bro. You didn't have to go nowhere. <laughs> you learned how to stop it all. Meanwhile, you're inviting it in. You're being an accessory to the back. Hey, you got to know the law to break the law. That's right. That's right. Know the law to break the law. But um, yeah, you know, it's interesting the dynamic because like. I'm married with kids, been out the game for 11 years. Just shout out to my wife. Just had our 11th, 11th year anniversary last week. Congratulations. Got a a sweet Cobra Kai hoodie that I'll be rocking. Can't wait. That'll be on every time whenever I watch season four in December. So shout out to her for getting that made. It's it's awesome. Cobra Kai strike hard. Got the, oh, yeah, it's badass. I can't wait to rock it. Um, There you go. Being a mark. Like, I'm a mark for the Karate Kid movies and now Cobra Kai. Like, and it's great seeing like my nieces are getting into it and they love the show and, and everything else. Um, say with my daughter with wrestling, like got her involved and she watches the shows and you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, it's, it's fun seeing the things that they get passed on or whatever that was new to us, but is old now and it's new again. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of things like, you know, baseball <laughs> like the, cards coming yep, back. I was about to say the baseball the, cards are the big thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big thing now. Um, so yeah, crazy. But yeah, so uh just kind of if you can with some of your, your favorite moments from the show uh this past year, with what you liked, uh maybe a segment that didn't go off as well that you thought was trash, but didn't want to call it trash live on the air. I think I'm gonna start doing that year too. I think I'm well, gonna start calling on our bullshit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you do call it already. No, I call oh. Jason's trash. His takes are normally trash. But, but maybe we we'll start calling ourselves out on our bullshit um, for as much as we give ourselves pats on the backs to old Barry Horwitz. Um, you know. But no, would you got what? What was anything stand out to you um, from from the year in review? Whenever we did the Halloween episode and we were filming around the uh, the table and Jason just kept on with the plastic like right under the mic, hilarious. And Chris was like, right after we got done saying, Chris was like, <laughs> Chris was like, "You're killing me, dude!" And it's gonna be right at the mic. <laughs> that was Yo, the f- that that's what we have. Break. We can break and yeah, that's and stop in between and adjust put everything together. <laughs> yeah, Justin. Yeah, like we, you know, live. We're we're on the fly, and it is what it is. But was that that was like our first or second time with the four of us being together, right? Like that was yeah. Awesome. Right. yeah. Yeah, that can't be everything. <laughs> I just looked. I just looked up and we like, were just looking I, at it like really. I just gave him the death stare of all death stares. Like, is this dude serious right now? Like, like it can barely pick me up on the on the microphone. How's it picking up the crinkling? Because <laughs> the crinkling, the crinkling yeah, the crinkling <laughs> was right by the bike. Listen, Jay, I, I've been I've been trying for a year since you've been on this podcast to get Facebook, Jay. Uh oh, on the show, interactive. <laughs> Do you hear me? Yes, you froze mm-hmm. up right. a little bit. Froze up a little bit. So, no, Facebook want, Jay. Yeah, Facebook. I need Facebook Jay, not not podcast Jay. I need Facebook Jay because you out there behind the keyboard typing up posts, interacting with people, cracking jokes, getting all these likes and everything else. Like, I need that dude on the show. You're giving <laughs> away. 
You give away all the content on Facebook. I mean, <laughs> then you come on here and you just pop candy in your mouth for an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> I need you to bring the same that's energy, me. bro. That's that's me. That's me in real life. Like, I'm, yeah, I know. We 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 saw that. From like, but I was in my head. I, I'm, I'm giving you stories in my head. I can't <laughs> convey it vocally. <laughs> <laughs> well, type it up and send it to the group chat while we're doing the show live, and we'll read it off if that's the case. You know what I mean? But, or put it in the comment section we have on our side of the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the candy wrapper was definitely up there this year. Yeah, that was yeah. that was definitely a, a, a what the fuck moment. Like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> first time together, and you're already just wrinkling wrappers into the microphone. <laughs> It then took it away like a little kid, like, yeah, I'm collecting all this stuff. <laughs> like, hand it over. <laughs> yeah, how's all the candy? Like he's like that, he's like that aunt at the at the cookout that brings the like nine to go plates and she packs everything up before people went through the line once. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man. <laughs> what else she's got? Another thing I like too is whatever we did, the one guy that goes, and I'm getting killed for my comedy. From not watching comedy, and you guys just murdered me on it. <laughs> you got killed for for you got killed for not, for not for taking out an entire genre, <laughs> and then Chris got murdered because he's never seen Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, Juice, Air Ireland. <laughs> And he still killed. hasn't watched them. <laughs> <laughs> I still get killed for my Turner's take. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that yeah, was yeah. pre-podcast. We killed you on that one. I mean, uh, it keeps yeah. coming back. <laughs> yeah, that just that that got carried over. Uh, yeah, the Turners. That's you know, in Pittsburgh, you know, somebody your, your, your Turner's trash. Your Turner's take is still trash. Turner's take is still <laughs> just, trash. Yeah. <laughs> We found we found an imposter turners in the middle of Pennsylvania. We yeah. found that out, yes. Yes. and I I tweeted out I tweeted out the Turners. <laughs> Look at this imposter! Somebody needs to put a cease and desist on him immediately. And Turners tweeted me back and said, "We'll look into it." So <laughs> they're, they're on the case, trying to trying to nail down that imposter there. Um, I think my favorite moment was whenever I trolled Donald and the Quiet Podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that was, that was, was, uh, was, was him, his one. reaction after yeah. we got off. <laughs> he was hot. He thought it was a legitimate trailer. He, I was he, mad because hot. I thought it was a trailer. You made he, me play all my horror movies uh, likes. <laughs> I was I was watching you guys down the bottom. Steve was cracking up. Jason was cracking up. Donald just in there straight face, like just straight face. I was I was like, like, I was coming back at me about this one. <laughs> That was really, that was tremendous. I really thought there was a spinoff. I really did. <laughs> like this is the first I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah that, that for those for those years that that weren't aware of that episode, that was Chris was Chris was out in Seattle and Donald had to man the controls for the pod, and he went to end the show, and I don't know something froze on his end or didn't go through or he didn't click the right button at the right time or whatever, but. <laughs> We were still alive, and he was just sitting there staring at the screen in dead silence, not saying nothing. <laughs> and because we were live, I didn't want to shout into the microphone, like, we're still alive. So I'm over here pointing, like, don't say nothing. Like, cut it, cut it. <laughs> and it was like a solid seven seconds of him just staring at the screen in dead silence. And after it ended, I was like, oh, that's a 
it's a hell of a way to end a podcast. It's just dead air for seven to ten seconds at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, that was gonna see. He was explaining yeah. himself like a kid in trouble. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was doing this. <laughs> yeah, you'd have thought he was in third grade in the principal's office yeah, snitching on all his friends. <laughs> <laughs> he was out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was good. That was classic. Some of my favorite moments. Classic. Chris, is, uh, Chris is quick on the button. To the next subject, to the next <laughs> Yeah, mid mid transition. I'm trying to get professional with it, do ins and outs, like you know, like we're actual show on radio or whatever, you know what I mean? And we'll be in, be in the middle of saying something, it'll just click and go into it. And it's like <laughs> usually it's Steve will be will end it and then Jason will chime in right afterwards and I'll cut him off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great, great, great. Yeah, classic, classic. I enjoy you know, No, absolutely. But um, no, like we we've come a long way over a year. You know, we're we're live every single week. We got merch out there on Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, we we're listened to literally around the globe, which is crazy. I still can't get over that fact that like you know we have people in India, Australia, England, France literally around the globe that listen to us and we we appreciate you guys thanks a lot um for tuning in and listening to to four four dumb marks from from pittsburgh pa here in the states um you know we enjoy it as much as you guys do so so thanks for that keep tuning in keep the love coming um but that that to me that's the craziest thing like you know, you never really know how things are going to go when you do this. And obviously, like, we're nowhere near any of the top podcasts um, that have been around for years. And I didn't think that we, you know, it's not something that would catch fire right away. Right. Like, like Kevin Hart says, you got to do the work. Right. So we're putting in the work right now. Um, and hopefully it leads to bigger and better things. But the fact that, like, the numbers that we do see from from different countries around the world this first year, um, as far as downloads go and everything else, like, that was like pretty cool when we got data back for the first time. And it was like, yo, India is the, the country that listens to us the most outside of the United States. And that was like mind boggling to me. So I know I remember telling my kids for the first time like that. And my daughter was like blown away by it. She's like, what people in India listen to you guys? I'm like, Hey, I'm just as shocked as you are. Um, you know what I mean? So, Yeah. <laughs> That was crazy. Um, I think for me, um, the you know, parenting one on one, uh, the jizz versus gist story that I told, where I was arguing with my daughter because she said it's the jizz of it instead of it's the gist of it, um, was was a highlight for me just because obviously that's a personal thing, but the fact that like she was so steadfast thinking she was right. Um, that's just hilarious with that. So, um, hey, doing this, like I said, going back, doing this as a, as a married dude with three single guys on the pod, like I'm trying to venture out and hear stories and everything else, but we've been locked down for two years. Can't get no good stories out of these guys. You know, Chris, you started reading some, some, uh, online dating profiles, which was pretty hilarious. Um, uh, we got to bring that back at some point in time. Um, we were talking about doing that for an after dark. Yeah, we got we got to bring that back to, to do worry. that. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 hilarious. That is hilarious. So, all right, 
anybody got anything else they want to recap for the year that was um, in the Dumb Marks podcast before we jump into some some regular scheduled programming with the segments and that? I know we went long on the intro this week, but you know, just kind of wanted to touch base, uh, thank everybody, and, and kind of give a breakdown on how we came to be as a podcast, the the genesis of it, and and you know what we're trying to do with it going forward. Um, keep tuning in. We'll keep keep getting on here each and every single Saturday um, and, and providing you with content that's hopefully entertaining while you guys are, are doing your normal Saturday runaround BS uh, that you couldn't get done during the week. Anybody else? Mm-hmm. All right. Bell, bell to bell. Bell to bell. Let's go. All right. Bell to bell this week. Uh, for those of you that tuned in last night for the AEW All Out Prediction <coughs> Show, thanks a lot for tuning in to After Dark there. We covered the week that was in AEW uh, in Chicago and broke down the card for tomorrow's pay-per-view. So if you want to listen to that, watch that video, go over to our YouTube channel. Um, you can catch that over there and, and hit us up and let us know what we got right, what we got wrong um, in, in the world that is AEW. Looking forward to the show tomorrow. Um Bell to bell, guys, uh, this week, you know, not a whole lot of other significant stuff went on in wrestling. Um, there were a couple things that I just wanted to bring up briefly to, to lead to some discussion here. Um, and I guess we can start with Monday Night Raw. Well, no, actually, let's go back. NWA last weekend, uh, Empower and NWA 73rd anniversary show, Saturday and Sunday night. Um Empower, hey, shout out to those ladies. Um, you know, a lot of people love the show. I didn't see too many, if anything at all, about you know anything negative as far as the show that that Mickey James put on. Um, and, and she had help, uh, you know, with with others. Gail Kim was involved with backstage stuff, jazz, um, I believe Medusa as well. So, like, they went out there and tore the house down Saturday night, like, they put on a hell of a pay per view. Um, I, it was better than WWE's all women's pay per view, um, match wise, uh, story wise. Like it was, there was a lot of stuff there. Um, awesome Kong retired in the ring, shared that moment with Gail Kim. Chelsea Green won the won the gauntlet, um, so she got a title match at, against Camille on the 73rd anniversary show. Deanna Peraza retained her Impact title over over Molina in probably in, in what was match of the night there. So um, Saturday, NWA, man, they they absolutely hit it out of the park there. I got to go back and watch it. I, didn't get, <sighs> I couldn't watch it live last week, so, so I'll try to catch up on it on both shows, yeah. really. Yeah, they ran a they ran a bundle deal um, on Fight that you could get both shows, I believe, for 40 bucks. I think, yeah. was the bundle. Um, so, yeah, and then Sunday – Again, solid, solid pay-per-view. Um, you know, you had Ric Flair show up, um, which when you think of the NWA, to me, the, the, the two names I associate with the NWA the most would be Harley Race and Ric Flair. Um, and you had tie-ins to both men on this show. So Flair actually showed up live, cut a promo in the ring, live microphone. Um, we, we're not going to break down his promo, but um, – it was cool to see Ric Flair back at an NWA show after all this time, given what, what he did for that promotion and, and, and that title and the prestige that he carried the history there. Um, and then tying back into Harley race, you had 
Trevor Murdoch won the NWA title, defeated Nick Aldis, ended the 1,004-day reign of Nick Aldis, um, who hadn't hadn't lost the belt since he won it back from Cody Rhodes after after All Out um, or All In when that that mm-hmm. show first started three years ago. So <clears throat> the 70th anniversary show, he won it back. Yeah, so you know, um, a, a title reign that doesn't get. Uh, as much respect as I think it deserves um, because it is NWA and there's not, you know, that many eyes on it, which if you guys aren't watching NWA, you know, subscribe to fight, get on that, tune in for that. Um, believe it's four ninety nine a month for the subscription because they do put out quality wrestling each and every single week. Um, I, I, I can't pay for that. I, well, they, they've been putting like, shows, they've been putting their shows back on YouTube. I think it's a week or two behind from, okay. from the actual show. I'm not sure if it's the actual week to week yet. I got to go back and double check the YouTube channel. But yeah, I mean, I, whenever it was on YouTube, I watched it and I enjoyed it. But it, for me, it wasn't. I didn't enjoy it enough to say, "Oh yeah, I'd, I'd pay money to watch this again." Well, and I mean that without the NWA getting started <clears throat> up, like. You don't see Eddie Kingston in in AEW. You don't see Ricky Starks in AEW. Um, True. L.A. Knight, Eli Drake. You don't see him get re-signed by WWE. You know what I mean? So like Thunder Rosa, you don't see her in in it. Well, you True. maybe see her in AEW, but like they've been able to allow people to get on the microphone and talk and. Jay, I know you're more of a matches guy and I'm more of a story guy, but one thing I think we can all agree on is that if you're good on the mic, you're going to be able to open up more doors than if you're not good on the mic. Mm-hmm. And that show is based on promos and being able to talk. And all those people who are, are able to talk and, 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 you know, do stuff on the microphone that a lot of people can't, and it's helped get them to places where they may not have been because of the NWA being started back up. So kudos to Billy Corgan and their crew. They, they did, they knocked it out of the park last weekend. If you haven't watched it, go back in and, and watch those shows. Yeah. At some point I'll definitely catch up on them. So Monday night, WWE, um, we had a shoot fight in the ring. <laughs> I did watch it. <laughs> I, I did watch it. <laughs> and like there's been there's been matches where I can remember where like for like a brief moment there's been like legit shoot punches or kicks thrown. Like I remember um way back in the day, I remember Shawn Michaels versus Vader in in your house. Um mm-hmm. Vader screwed up a spot with Michaels coming off the turnbuckle and Michaels hopped down, walked over and just stomped the shit out of Vader in his head, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the right man you want to do. You want to shoot on. Um, <laughs> but I remember that. And then a couple of years ago, we saw it with Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman in the triple threat. Mm-hmm. Braun got too aggressive, hit Brock with a shot and Brock stood up and caught him with a right and dropped him to a knee, like and yelled at him, slow down. Like that was a shoot. But I don't ever remember what we saw Monday night actually go on in a match. And mm-hmm. I've been watching wrestling for 30 plus years. Um, there was a legit, it was legit shoot. Char- Charlotte and Nia, like, legit fight. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like legit fight. Slaps. Nia hit Charlotte with a three piece to her face. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlotte completely botched the Samoan drop. And, you know, like they went at it for, 
a good portion of that match in in a legit fight. Um, and then they got it together and went home. But yeah, by all that choke slam was like pretty aggressive too. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, and like people were saying, you know, people were blaming Naya for the I don't know if it was like a suplex or whatever. Um, Charlotte like landed awkwardly. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how much that is on Naya and how much of that is on Charlotte and if, if that's what actually led to it or what, but yeah, they they went off script for sure and and everything that was reported backstage confirmed that um that they were legit shooting in the ring for most of that match. Mm-hmm. Um they got it together and go home. I'm surprised you don't see that more often, but then again, like you know, these are all professionals and their job mm-hmm. is not you know, you're putting your life in each other's hands because mm-hmm. moves that you're doing are dangerous. And we've seen people get paralyzed and everything else in the ring. Like major injuries can happen and you don't ever want to be the cause of that. So to have something go sideways to where you're actually throwing blows in the ring is, is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I also heard that uh, once, uh, once they got backstage, everything was mended over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, you know, they, they handled it in the ring. They got it out their system, and that was the end of it. Now, whether mm-hmm. or not that's the case, or if they take it and turn it into a storyline, um, because it looks like they're going to go with Charlotte and Nia for Extreme Rules instead of Alexa, because Alexa got pulled from the show this week. She was backstage but wasn't used. Um, we'll we'll see if that happens, but yeah, it was just it was something that I haven't seen in a while, and and when you see it, it's shocking. Like. Yo, they're legit fighting right now. Um, but other than that, not too much came out of Raw for me. Um, I don't know, Jay, if there's anything you want to touch on from the show itself on Monday. To me, I was, I was what, surprised by, um, was it Priest pinning McIntyre? I was very shocked by that. And then how you said the match was changed where none of the matches that were advertised were yeah, so WWE lately has been has been uh, pulling the the bait and switch. Um, they've been giving clickbait out there with their their announcements for Raw. Um, this past week, none of the matches that were advertised for Monday Night actually happened on Monday Night Raw. Um, which we all know, card subject to change, right? But mm-hmm. as John Alba tweeted out on Twitter, like card subject. Card subject to change is where it's circumstances outside of their control mm-hmm. that they have to change the match, a la mm-hmm. Sasha at SummerSlam, yeah. um, which I hear she's dealing with a back injury again. Her back's messed up is, mm-hmm. is the reason why. but um, And that could be true or false. But uh, So that that's where you get card subject to change. It's not falsely advertising the show and then – changing up all the matches and putting on something completely different because you changed your minds at the last minute, ripped up the script and rewrote an entire show, which that's what apparently happened this Monday with Vince. So that's something that they, they do a lot of that. Um, But I liked it because you, you didn't get too many legit straight rematches. Like I know you wanted to bring that up later too, but you didn't get the same match that you're getting every week. After week after week, give you something different. Yeah, no. Let me let, since you brought that up, let me let me pull that up now, just to just to go into it. Since you brought that up, um, but yeah, like it's so 
it's raw. I'm, I'm not watching it. <laughs> it is. Uh, they they trademark Queen of the Queen uh, Queen something Queen of the Crown or Crown's Queen something for like a, a women's version of King of the Ring, which they're supposed to run now through and then crown the winner of that at the Saudi Arabia show. Which, thank you for, for what you will there. But uh, Alvarez tweeted out this, um, and this wasn't his original tweet. It, it came from somebody else. But um, so this, this, this tweet put out this graphic that compared the number of TV and pay-per-view rematches this year alone. Okay. And it's for AEW and main roster WWE. So Raw and SmackDown and then Dynamite for AEW. Okay. Total number of rematches. WWE this year has between TV and pay-per-view, they've done 160 rematches. AEW has done 16. Um, it says, for the purposes of the data set, matches that happened in 2020 or prior were ignored. If a match happened on December 31st, 2020, and again on January 1st, 2021, it did not count as a rematch here. Um, only once a match has happened, at least twice in 21, did they consider it as a rematch. Following that logic, the second occurrence is considered the first rematch. Uh, for example, if a match happened three times in 2021, that means there were two rematches. The number column below is counting the number of rematches. I mean, we've been saying this for a while, and, and the Twitter feed on Monday nights is WWE you know, rematch instead of WWE Raw. Um, 160 is a lot. Yeah, it is. When you, when you think about it over the course of an entire year, and I know, Jay, you were arguing, oh, well, FTR and, and Santana and Ortiz, they've been running that, and it's like, well, the data is there. Like, AEW's done 16 rematches over the course of the entire year. Are they, are they counting, like, straight, legit rematches, or... So it's it, the match has to so you the match has to occur at least twice to be considered a rematch, mm-hmm. right? So Jericho and MJF on Dynamite, and then Jericho and MJF at the pay per view that would be considered mm-hmm. a rematch. And then if they have it a third time, then it would be two, two rematches, and so on. Yeah. So, but you're not counting like they're throwing. Rhea and Charlotte together with, in a, with a tag, different tag partners. You're not counting as. No, they're not. They're nothing. not according from what I read up in this data. They're not. They're not counting that. Just as, the same as match. Is. So like, same happened. match right. multiple times. Yeah. Okay. So like you had you had Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania. You had Charlotte and Rhea at at Backlash. You had Charlotte and Rhea at Money in the Bank. Yeah. Um. But you don't count Charlotte, Rhea, and Nikki at SummerSlam because Nikki's in there. It's a triple threat. It's a different match. Okay. So, yeah, but 160. Like, what does that number say to you guys? Like, is it just they're not, not using having... their whole roster? That's what it is. They're not using their whole roster. No originality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No originality was where I was going with it. It's very hard to get to to have creative, enticing storylines that get people invested 
if you're just doing rematch after rematch after rematch. And then plus you want to see different wrestlers fight each other to find out who got chemistry with who yeah. leading on into the future. So that's funny that you bring that up, Donald. Like all out last year, I forgot Moxley faced MJF for the title. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen Moxley and MJF go near each other since then. No. Mm-mm. So that you're talking an entire year of booking and those two haven't crossed paths again. So like Obviously, WWE's at, at a point now where like they're just gonna put out there what they put out there and they're not gonna care or listen to anything that any of us say. Um, they're still gonna get their numbers, they're, it's just embedded into the culture. Um, you know, it's just it's a is WWE on, on Monday nights and and smack you know, Raw on SmackDown is is ingrained in us just as much as like mm-hmm. the Simpsons are or or <laughs> baseball or you know what i mean like not to that viewership number wise but as far as it being like you can almost count it on being an american staple at this point because they've been around for 40 years 40 you know 40 around 40 years 40 plus but to me there needs to be a happy medium because if you're gonna if you're gonna do these long feuds and fight every week space it out but don't make it like MJF and Jericho that dragged on forever. There needs to be like a common ground between the two. I I hate both sides. Okay, so hold on here. So let, let's do this because you you bring up you you bring up a good example of this, and this will this will touch both sides of the argument, and then we can see if we can meet in the middle. So you have Rhea and Charlotte who who literally worked together from April until SummerSlam, right? Mm-hmm. Every single pay-per-view, almost every single Raw, whether it's a promo segment, backstage segment. So you're looking at, what, uh, April, May, June, July, August. Five months of booking there, right? Mm -hmm. You have MJF and Jericho, whose story has been going on longer than that. Because they started out as friends and everything else. Then we got the turn, Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. We had a couple, you know, shenanigans, matches. Then we got into Blood and Guts, and that's literally – Blood and Guts to me is where the feud kicked off at, right? Mm. When was mm. Blood and Guts? May. May? Yeah. So Blood and Guts was May. Charlotte and Rhea is April. So same time frame, right? Because mm-hmm. we're going to wrap up MJF and Jericho tomorrow night. So same time frame. I much more enjoyed and much more – was much more invested in Jericho MJF than what I was with Charlotte and Rhea. It started out as a faction war, right? Then it split off into Jericho versus MJF. Then they told the five labors of Jericho and they ran, you know, those five weeks of having Jericho go through different matches. You had MJF be the fifth labor and beat Jericho. Then Jericho doubts himself. He doesn't know what's going on. You know, it's eating at him. He needs to he needs to beat MJF, needs to beat MJF. He's lost to MJF twice. He can't deal with it. It's driving him mad. Then he calls out MJF for one more match. And MJF gives it to him and they get the stipulation. And that's how we arrived at all out here tomorrow night. The booking and the story and the layers that they've told with that for a five-month program is what I want to see out of a, a five-month program build. I checked out a long time ago. Don't make me wait five five months for the climax. Nah. 
But on the on the other hand, I'm not gonna lie, Rhea and Charlotte, they overdid it. Yeah, they beat that. Yeah, they, they beat, beat that, that dead. Death. Yeah, but they beat that to death. But they, <laughs> they didn't death the first month. <laughs> and with with that story, like you got the build up to Mania, which was what it was, but they didn't do anything different. They didn't tell any different story. But to me, to me, you could have gave me match after match after match, and I'd have been fine. For me, it was all the it was all the promos that just I checked out on the, the talking segments, the the crutch stuff and all, all that, that stuff. I checked out on that. You can give me you can run the same bat, match for me over and over again. I'll I'll still watch it and be entertained. But see, there's the and that's where I think that. That statement right there is where I think WWE fans are at right now. WWE fans don't care about stories at all because WWE doesn't really tell good stories. When's the last good story that WWE told that had you truly invested in it? Main Roman. roster? <laughs> Main roster. Roman. Roman's the exception. He and and I fully you know my stance on Roman and this run from him that's over a year. Uh, and counting like that to me, yes, that's the best storytelling that they've done. But I think with Roman, that's Roman and Paul and whoever they have as a writer working with them too. That's not the creative team coming up with that story. It, in, Orton, in my opinion, Rylan Orton, though it felt rushed, um, or that the the the, the gap happened where he <laughs> took off. Yeah, like they, they that was the that. best. That was the best thing going, and then Orton disappears for seven weeks, and then comes back, cool and they do off. the, they Edge. do the rush, break up, back together, win the title in a three week span, and that was like, that was super I, rushed. I enjoyed Edge and Orton, um, McIntyre and Orton when it first started, but that dragged on too long. Because I feel like it dragged on too long because you didn't get layers to the story. Did they have were, were all the matches good in that feud? No, not necessarily. But I think they had more good matches than they had more, you know, bad matches. If I it's were to me, go to back me, I checked out on I, ch- I checked out on McIntyre. That's why that happened. Yeah. Like there was nothing you could have you could have done any different that made me feel like I'm interested. I checked out on McIntyre altogether during that. I think that happened to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. The McIntyre burnout was quick. And then Rollins and Cesaro was was decent. Oh, okay. So before I, I want to come back to Rollins and Cesaro. So uh-huh. pause and bookmark that. So we'll we'll come back to that. But back to what I said. So if you look at those two feuds, right? And you look at the way that they've been told and the matches that have happened and everything else. Jay, you're fine with seeing Rhea versus Charlotte for five straight months, match after match. That yeah. that's okay for you? I'd rather have that than hear Jericho talk. So you'll so, personally. So so you'll like Rhea and Charlotte on Raw. We'll say Raw for three weeks, then a pay per view, then another three weeks, and then a pay per view. Just throw, throw a sprinkling a different stipulation. Sure. That's you would rather you would, that, you would rather ha- <laughs> you would rather have that than than the the matches and the story that we got with. So just okay, take Jericho's story matches. out of take story take story out of it. Any of Jericho's five labors? No. I did, I wouldn't entertain any of them. Okay, narrow it down to Blood and Guts, Stampede, 
in the fifth labor of Jericho because that's where MJF and Jericho worked the most against each other. Mm-hmm. Those three matches versus the Charlotte and Rhea feud, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night, so we can't include tomorrow night's match in this comparison. But mm-hmm. those those three matches versus the matches that Charlotte and Rhea had, which one? Which feud do you prefer? I'm more invested in Charlotte and Rhea. That's crazy because I, I can care less about Chris Jericho. I'm sorry, though their um their cage match was decent. Blood and Guts was decent. Take so. All right, take like just if I, if if it's a blind resume test, like you see ESPN do this all the time with with <laughs> teams stats? whenever we get to the college football playoff, right? Mm-hmm. If I just say wrestler A and B over here, and I lay out this scenario, and wrestler A and B over here, and I lay out that scenario. So if you take away the names, take away the faces, and you're just looking at matches and story and build, are you still going with Charlotte and Rhea? knowing what you know and what you've seen over the last five months? Probably. That's crazy. Chris? <laughs> but that's Jason's taste. Yeah. I mean, we talk about this all the time, that there's so much wrestling out there that there's something. I can watch matches and be enjoyed. I mean, and be entertained. I really don't need story all like that. Like, I tune into Ron, which I don't anymore again, but. I just I'm not entertained in any of that time, so it's like that's why I don't want that's why I don't watch it anymore. But Jason still gets entertained by that. I mean, for me, if between the two, I checked out Charlotte Rhea a long time ago. Same here. Where, where I might not have liked everything between Jericho and MJF, but I I would think that it's I think it's the better story out of the two. I mean, if you look at all the matches on Raw from SummerSlam, you could have had those on a Monday Night Raw. Like to me, none of that was pay per view worthy. The raw matches, definitely not. No, I didn't feel like any of the shit, any of the matches were. were very Smackdown carried it's, it's, uh, it's Smackdown carried the whole show. No. Yeah, they carried the whole show. Yeah, like, so that was, just, that was just a weak SummerSlam. So back to back to Roman or back to Seth and Cesaro. So Cesaro got his push, you know beginning part of the year, quote-unquote, if you want to call it a push. Um, he re-upped, re-signed. Had his little thing with Roman. Then it was him and Seth. Um, and then they did it, you know, a little bit afterwards. But mm-hmm. then the two haven't been involved. Last night on SmackDown, they bring Cesaro out to face Seth again, which, okay, they haven't touched each other in a couple months. Cesaro hasn't really done anything. Seth's been involved with Edge. But it leads to Cesaro being the sacrificial lamb and getting destroyed by Rollins to have Edge come out to further that story. To me, I don't like why do you need to put Cesaro in that role? You didn't have to. It could have been anybody. You didn't have to put him in there. Like, is that supposed to get me more invested to want to see Edge? get his comeuppance on Seth because he took out Cesaro? Like, am I supposed to be more more attached to Cesaro than, say, I, don't, I can't even name another babyface on SmackDown that they could have put in that position, which I think speaks volumes to where they're at. Um, Just put a jobber in it. But Edge coming out to save a jobber really, like, I mean. It makes no sense. It, it, it doesn't. Whenever they were fighting again, I was like, "What are they fighting again for?" Everybody else was in. A, I think everybody else was in a storyline. 
But you, but you, you have had, Biggie, but you don't want to put him in that. Shinsuke, right? But you, you had Cesaro come out and get destroyed to set up Edge's and Seth's Extreme Rules match. I tweeted out that okay, this was going to lead to Cesaro versus Edge in a chairs match at Extreme Rules because the chair got involved and and WWE started their their bullshit of oh we're going to have DQ finishes in order to set up our pay-per-view matches because it's an Extreme Rules pay-per-view. So you're going to get a chairs DQ. Street Profits and Usos are going to end up in a no DQ match. Um, I'm sure we'll have a table spot somewhere, probably between Nia and Charlotte, and that'll be their match at Extreme Rules. Um, <laughs> you know, so like that that's how they book to this pay-per-view. And can we please not do Extreme Rules in 2021 because it doesn't work. Their version of extreme rules, it doesn't work. You can't do reviews don't work. You can't do PG extreme rules, <laughs> and it hasn't worked for a couple of years now. It, it's grown old. It doesn't do anything anymore. And how many like street fights did we have like through all the promotions this year? Too many. So what's the point of having another pay per view with it? To me, it's yeah, same, just, to me, it's the same as TLC. It is. Yeah, it's, it's the, it, it, it is. It is. You don't need I, that of that either. But I just don't get why you put Cesaro there. Like, so he gets beat up and taken out. So then he's going to be off TV again for another five weeks until they find out something else stupid to do with him to do another Friday's commercial. But you can, you can probably, you can t- continue that storyline with Seth. But at but this Seth point, because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, just, he didn't beat him. He didn't, just, he, he didn't like. He had to use underhanded tactics to. But they did that. They did that leading up to Mania, where he took him out with the curb stomp on the ramp. Like mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Only instead of using the curb stomp on a ramp, you use the chair. Like it's you're telling the same story. You're just replacing the prop. So you're not even giving me a different story, or you're not even adding on another layer to it. But you and know adding you- and adding on and adding Edge into it is not adding on a layer between Seth and Cesaro. It's adding on the layer for Edge and Seth. You don't want to see Rollins and Cesaro again? No, I don't. It ran its course. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. I want to see it. What else you have on the roster? What else? Nobody you could put there. I'm talking people. Yeah, people-wise. There you go. Nobody you could put there. (laughs) To their own detriment, they killed a roster. Um, of, of the let go people, who would you put there? Nobody. Nobody. Well, who was let go from SmackDown? You know, Alistair Mal- Malachi was Raw. Bray Wyatt was Raw. It's been so long. I don't remember. Strowman. Strowman was SmackDown. Can we stop clamoring for Strowman like we were all a fan? No, no. I'm just oh, listing off names. Not, I'm just not, listing not, off not, names. Not, just, just people in general. People, I like, didn't. The, I didn't. The, the biggest missteps. I didn't mind. I didn't mind Strowman, but I felt like WWE missed his boat, like they do with a lot of people when they're at their peak, uh, as far as being the hottest that they're going to get, and they didn't cash in. Putting the belt on him when they put the belt on him when Roman left because of COVID, that wasn't Strowman's time. Strowman's time was before that, and they didn't do it. Just like he never, he never had just, a time. 
His his time was when he was destroying Roman, and it was just because he was destroying Roman. Yeah, that's it. But then I, they like like you added a train sound to him running around the ring. Like, come on, you know what I mean? Like, that's the shit we're doing creatively for for people. That's that's gonna get them over. But that at least he at least he thought should have got Brock one time, just one time. I don't think nobody wanted to see that match. I definitely didn't. Nobody didn't want to see it, but I mean, whenever it happened, I think he should have at least beat him one time. Beat him? Yes. Um, I mean, you know me and Brock. There was, there's not one time Braun Strowman stepped in the ring that I was just like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. It's true. Pa- Donald, pause on Brock because I have something that Brock said that, okay. that will be another topic here um, that we can get into for discussion. So before we get before we get to that point, just uh, real quick, a couple other things from last night that I noticed. Um, the Roman, Heyman, Lesnar story that they're telling so far has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, last night, his phone rings and it's Brock Lesnar's music and Kayla caught him and it was just the interaction was gold. It was priceless. They followed that up with Big E acting as a janitor and <laughs> laughing in Paul's face and holding the, the money in the bank briefcase in front of him. That was great. The interaction between Roman and Paul when, when Paul's telling Roman, hey, we have a problem. Lesnar will be there next week. And Roman's like, I don't have a problem. You have a problem with Brock. And it led to them talking and Paul's like, well, you know, Maybe he's in, you know, he's in Saskatchewan and, and, you know, SmackDown's big in Saskatchewan. And Roman's like, well, how do you know he's in Saskatchewan? Like calling Paul out. <laughs> he's like, maybe he's in Minnesota. Roman's like, so you talk to him. Is he, is he in Minnesota or is he in Saskatchewan? Or is he here tonight? Like, what is it? You know, and then they, they teased it with the red lights as Roman's walking up the ramp at the end of the show. Like, I thought that was a demon. That's what I. That's the first thing I thought when I seen it. So, because bro, when when Brock came back out, it was all red again. Mm-hmm. And can, like, why is red the go to choice? You had red for the brood. You had red for the fiend. You had red, red, red for Lesnar when he came hanger. back. Like, red for demon fans. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you gonna put blue? Yellow? Happy colors? Something. <laughs> Something. Um, so that that was that was a that was a bright spot from last night. There are two other things that I did not like that made no sense to me. Um, one, Naomi and Sonia. I like the story that they're telling um, with Sonia blowing her off and acting like she's irrelevant and doesn't matter. Hmm. Um, but the the logic in that scenario that counters to that is why doesn't Naomi just go to Adam Pierce and ask for a match? Why is she only talking to Sonia? Um, cause they both make matches. So like you could sidestep <laughs> Sonya and go straight down to Pierce. Like, but the thing that I didn't like about it was they had, they had Sonya, they did a shot with Sonya on the phone talking walking down the hallway. And then they had Naomi just in a dark spot in a corner standing next to some crates. And as soon as Sonya passes her, Naomi came up to ask her about her match that she was supposed to have last night. And it's like, so Naomi was just standing in that dark spot of the hallway the entire show waiting for Sonya to walk by. Like, why was she standing in a dark corner by herself? That, to me, made no sense. Um, was it a camera? Was it like a, they, the camera caught it wrong? No, they literally had the, the camera on Sonya, and she's walking down the hall on the phone. And then as she walks by the certain spot, 
you see over her shoulder, you see Naomi just you see a figure standing in the dark, and then Naomi just comes out after, and it's like that makes no sense. Like, why would you just yeah. stand and wait in a dark corner until she walks by you? I didn't catch that for him. Yeah. That was stupid. And then my biggest gripe from last night. Backstage, they show Tony Storm. Yes. <laughs> I was gonna bring this up. <laughs> first time first time since July twenty third, I think it was, or whatever. Tony Storm back on SmackDown. And um, the first thing you're going to throw her into is a love story involving Dolph Ziggler and Boogs. <laughs> why? Like, why? Okay, first off, first off, I don't think it's going why, road. You don't? I mean, Dolph, Dolph hit on her last night and she turned him down and said that she was rooting for Boogs. And Boogs went out and beat Dolph. So you don't mean they're not going down that road? I don't, I don't, come on. Come on. This is Dolph's gimmick. You know, at some point in time, got to talk to a girl. I don't think, yeah, I, don't, I hope they don't go down that road. I don't think But why is her, why is her debut, her debut angle is a love story with Dolph Ziggler? Really? That's what they do. <laughs> Look in the past. This is what they do. I don't. They don't have you can't find out put, any. You can't find out any other way. Put them in stupid ass stories like this. I don't think this is their angle. And see, this is what happens. One off. And see, this is what happens when you get at SummerSlam. Sasha goes down. Who do you have for Bianca? Oh, we got to hit the glass for Becky. And you have people just waiting to win. And Becky, last <laughs> night, um, WWE. We can tell when you change the crowd noise on the audio coming through the TV. <laughs> we can tell when you turn down the mics in the arena and pump in the, the, the cheers of the booze. That crowd last night live cheered for Becky. Mm-hmm. Listening on TV, you think that they were indifferent or they were booing her and only cheering Bianca. It's not going to work. They were cheering. They were cheering Becky. No, Becky's supposed to be the heel. Becky's I know, supposed but, to be getting booed. They were cheering Becky. Legit cheering Becky when they, when she came out. Yeah, right, but as mm-hmm. it, as it went on, they you can tell when they changed the audio when they drowned it out and were were pumping in booze and everything else for Becky. She got cheered the entire time. Like I don't understand why you didn't learn your lesson with Stone Cold. Like you're not going to get her booed. No. She's not going to like I you know, she can try to flip it and I and I'm going to keep track of it and just tweet out week from week, like, okay, week three, Becky's heel run. Let's see what she does tonight. Because if she's able to actually generate legit booze and get people to hate her, then kudos to her because she pulled it off. And, you know, but what you're not going to get the booze, though. She'll yeah. never be full heel. Like, she, I don't think she'll ever be full heel. So then, so I mean, then you why, say something to get the booze, but. Then why run it? Yeah. Then why run it? Build up Bianca. This didn't. This didn't make you. But are they really? Are they really building up Bianca? Whenever you, you had her lose in twenty six seconds after you built her up in the first place, and you know she's not going to go over in this feud. So how is that building up Bianca? You sure she's not going over? And there's no way they're taking the belt back off Becky. Are you kidding me? Not next month, maybe Survivor Series. 
We can do we we can we can do a we can do a you know a, a trading places Eddie Murphy Dan Aykroyd bet a gentleman's bet of one dollar right now on this show and <laughs> I guarantee you Becky doesn't lose this feud to Bianca. So it's like like you, again it's like okay yes I know Becky wanted oh, does to it, try does to it not build up Bianca in the process even better when or lose. What they've done so far, SummerSlam and then the, the two SmackDowns after SummerSlam has done nothing to build up Bianca. Based on what I've seen off of those three weeks. To me, I and, thought she did better street. yesterday than, than Bailey, or not Bailey, than Becky. She was better than Becky in the, in the talking the pro, points. The, the, promo, the, promo, the promo was was probably one of the best Bianca straight white meat baby face promos that she's cut. It wasn't, it wasn't so much. I'm happy to be here, mm-hmm. you know, but she gave the, the, the tried and true white meat baby face line of, you know, I would never tear another woman down by talking down on them. You know, I, I own my faults and I'm, I, and I'm going to stand in that. That's my truth. Like that's, White meat baby face. If there is a definition for white meat baby face, um, but yeah, it, it, just like you connect with I, you. Not to me. It just it, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt more than it's gonna help both because. And I know Becky supposedly wants this heel run, and she's the one that called for it, and you know she was inspired by Roman's heel turn, and that's what made her want to do this to like switch things up. But you tried it once before with Charlotte. It didn't work. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, to me, she's your, she's your woman's version of stone cold. She's not going to get booed. And it's not needed. I mean, you have Roman doing Roman's thing right now. Why would you want to copy that on the, when the women's roster right now, like why would you have her Mm -hmm. the, 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 the actual face of SmackDown? But, but then, then it's Roman Bian- in the promo last night. But Bianca is all you got. She's the only baby face. But well, you live. I would Other say live. Yeah, she's face. she's all you got. So this doesn't. I mean, unless you, I don't think they're gonna throw Naomi in that spot. No, to me, Naomi, the story they're telling, whether or not it leads mm-hmm. to a match with Sonya, you can argue yay or nay for that. But to me, this is. Naomi being shunned so much to where she goes and joins the table and she gets, she gets put there. And then, but at that point in time, you're not going to have her beat Becky because Becky's in a heel run. So again, it doesn't, if if Bianca's all you got, how does this not build her? Cause there's no reason to take the title off her in the first place. I thought Sasha was going to take the title off her for real. I, Sam, I, I legit thought she was losing. I thought so I didn't, too. I didn't I see Sasha winning that match at SummerSlam. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, Yins could be right, and we'll never know now. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's just one of those things we'll have to wait and see with this storyline if it does help build her up. Like there's, that's why I didn't mind that it happened because I, I thought, to me, I thought she was losing. Now the twenty-six second was the only thing I had issue with. So, and I, I, you could still work around that, but yeah, that was my only issue. Um, NXT is officially dead. It's not. Uh, it's dead. It's not. 
It's dead. The logo is fucking trash. I don't mind it. Of course you don't, because it's <laughs> WWE based. It's a it's a six year old's version of what AEW did with the with the rainbow colors and the and the smoke and that. They just they they stole that idea, applied it to paint by numbers scenario, and and threw bright colors in the logo. It's fucking trash. Sesame Street. You're the only person I know <laughs> that actually like. likes the logo. Well, because I'm uh, I'm not angry. I mean. I like AEW's logo. I don't care for AEW, but I'm not going to shit on the logo. <laughs> it's a logo. What is? But it's the lo- it's the logo that it's the first represents- thing you see. It's the first thing. It's you the first see. thing you see, and it represents this whole okay, Vince and Bruce Pritchard taking over NXT. <laughs> like that's the connection that I connect with with that logo, and I don't want to connect NXT to Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. Especially when we all know they're not bringing in any indie talent anymore. That's the, the, that. That might be good for them. the The signing class that they just had it, it's second generation people, or it's athletes, gymnasts, um, you know, people with 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 those types of skill sets. So you're, so you're creating more wrestlers, but you're creating them in the same style that people you're, are tired of seeing. You're creating more wrestlers, and you're not having an Adam Cole situation. You're you're creating wrestlers that aren't wrestlers. You're creating them from nothing, and this is the same shit that uh, um, Lauren Ives did in his first run. As how many of those guys? How many of those guys turned out? Go through the list of people that that weren't indie talent that they brought in back during the oh you have to be six three two fifty phase of WWE. How many of those guys turned out to be stars? I'll wait because I don't think you can name one. Was Cena a wrestler? Cena, Cena was, was a wrestler. Cena was, was a wrestler. Cena was an indie wrestler. He wrestled Batista. out on the West Coast. Batista? Batista, I know, came from OVW. I don't know if he was anywhere before. Okay. See, I thought, I thought a bunch of them came from OVW. Cena Orton. wrestled prior to OVW. I'm not sure about Batista. Orton? Orton, Orton was Orton straight trained. OVW, but he's yeah. second generation. Yeah. But that's what they—that's what they're bringing in, though. They're not solely bringing in second generation people, and, and you can run through Mark Henry. I don't know if Bianca Kurt had Angle? anything else. Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle was a fucking Olympic gold medalist, dude. Like, don't Kurt bring that. I mean, no, no, Kurt Angle did train before he went to WWE. He did stuff like it wasn't like he just jumped to WWE. He trained for wrestling before he went to WWE. Mm-hmm. But you're you're going back twenty years. Look at all look at all the mm-hmm. look at all the people that failed. This is this again. It's the same shit, Lauren. I just pulled in the first run, and I hated whenever he was head of talent because he brought in nothing. Like this is when you got people like the Bella Twins coming in. You got Kelly Kelly coming in. Uh, no, that's not talent. Like you're just getting people that don't, aren't passionate about the business. They're just coming in to do a job and make a name for themselves, and real quick. But isn't that what I mean, they if, the, if this is do? what people enjoy? Okay, if that's what you enjoy, go ahead. But I'm not tuning in for it anymore. I'm done with it. It's it. It's isn't, that indie, it's, indie, isn't that what the indie? Isn't that what the indie? I've done this before in the past. I don't need to do this again. In the isn't, isn't what the indie Jay jumping into or like like Adam Cole situation? What situation? What situation? They brought him in and he bounced. 
He was there for five years. He was there for five years. Yeah, but do you want that situation? What where Talon's there signed for five years, runs out his contract, and then he goes elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. You want that? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? And that's with the company? He's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. It's just like saying, you know, Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady only has to stay with the New England Patriots because that's all he's played for. No, he's a free agent. He can go wherever he wants. He filled he fulfilled his contract obligation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, see you bye. If you're if you're only doing this to solely grow homegrown talent um, from people that have never wrestled before, in in the hopes that they won't ever leave the company. I feel like you're going to be put at a disadvantage because you're going to have more misses than you are with hits. Again, all they do is repeat shit over and over again for everything, corporate-wise and and on TV. I'm over it. Bailey wrestled elsewhere. Sasha wrestled elsewhere. Like, if you're going to eliminate indie talent, then take you you can take all those wrestlers off. Christ, if you're going to eliminate indie talent, how many superstars do they have on their main roster right now? I, if you eliminate, I honestly don't indie think talent? they're they're going to eliminate legit like indie wrestlers. It's like yeah. people with already established names. You're taking off Seth number one. Seth that's Finn. That's gone. Finn, yeah. Shinsuke. Becky. Becky Owens. Zayn. Rude. I'm just running through names here. Like Ziggler. Like, are you even gonna have a roster? Most people now? had names before. Uh Ziggler had a name before. He did indie. He was an indie wrestler. I know, but did I, he have was he uh, established? I would I would put I don't Ziggler, think they're legit cutting off indie wrestlers. I would put Ziggler in the in in the in the homegrown WWE talent pool. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say Ziggler is an indie wrestler as defined by indie wrestler. I think when they're saying when they're saying indie wrestling, I think they're saying established indie wrestlers, like bringing in a Ricochet or a Joe. Yeah, somebody like that. So then you take out. That's not how they're going to be doing this in the future. They're doing like what they just did in Vegas, where they had a a, a talent uh, scouting location and brought talent. You know, people came in. Didn't matter. That's what they're doing. That's their plan moving forward is just doing scouting locations and not scouting indies. And so, so you're, you're not taking, seeing them wrestle. You're taking away Walter. You're taking away Keith Lee. Like you're taking away all. Like you're taking away guys that. Champ to me, yeah, like well, they don't want to move. What? Well, yeah, they don't want to move, but I'm yeah. saying like those guys would not be guys if if you're looking. If they would at, be coming in, signing now. Yeah. They're not. They're not going to go after and sign those guys. And your argument to that is because you don't want them. You they don't want to be in an Adam Cole situation. I'm, but who's to say if they build somebody up from the ground up and they do hit and they do become a star? Who's to say they're not going to leave? So what I mean, like that to me, that argument's mute because the person can leave when the person wants to leave. Like their their words Look specifically. At he did it two years. Two years. That's all he was there for. Who was it? Lesnar, two thousand two, two thousand four. He made his money and he got out. Their words specifically were, "AEW can have the indie talent. We're no longer going after indie talent." 
So to me, that means that you're no longer going after people that wrestle consistently. You're going after people that have no wrestling background, professional, like in in a professional wrestling sense. They they have amateur wrestling, but you're you're not taking anybody that that wrestles, you know, on a, on an indie scene for other promotions anymore. You're going strictly after athletes, boxing, MMA fighters, amateur wrestlers, gymnasts power lifters like that's that's the group that you're going after because you want to be able to mold them and you feel that's easier to do with that than bringing in indie talent that have wrestled all over and are quote unquote set in their ways but like how long is that going to take for them to to build them up which is why i say nxt is dead because who's going to want to tune in and watch nxt if all i'm getting is former ncaa football players on my screen the quality of wrestling is not going to be good on the show so and that's like on how, tv that's on TV. and that's on that's a two-hour block on tv <laughs> so how like you know what i mean like that's where i think it, granted it's not that big of an issue now because you still have you still have people there you know, O'Reilly's, Gargano's, Champa's, you know, Thatcher. I don't know if Dunn resigned, but like you you know what I mean? Like but at some point that like that's gonna get to the point where like they're no longer there and all you're left with is just this group of I, I honestly don't think they're cutting out straight all indie wrestlers. So you're just thinking just I'm well, thinking they're just, just they're not they're not signing people with established names. I'm sure if there's somebody that they think can move the needle, they'll look. But they'd be stupid if they didn't look. So like you're, you're, not not gonna, gonna, you're not gonna sign a Jay Lethal or uh people that's already established. So so all all your all your stars from ROH that turn out to be big names in WWE, you're no longer bringing them in. Because that's not what they want to do now. So, like, you will never see Jonathan Gresham in in WWE because they're not going to sign that because he's an established name. But they'll probably find what you're saying. They'll probably find like local indie wrestlers and build. I just think the the curve on that and the 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 success rate versus unsuccessful rate. The scales are going to be tipped way more on the unsuccessful side on the unsuccessful side than they will be on the successful side. Say that five times fast. And when those ratings drop, that's when you will see Roman on NXT. And then you had announced <laughs> this week that the whole WWE Japan office is done. So any yeah. future, any plans for NXT Japan that's gone. And I and I said this before during the recent budget cuts. Well, was it ever was it ever big there? They were trying to establish an NXT brand over there. They it was they were building it. It wasn't started yet, but mm-hmm. they've cut it now, so it's not happening. I think I think over there they're already set in their ways with wrestling. Yeah, you know, that that was Triple H's goal is to have these performance centers throughout different countries to build, mm-hmm. and so they had their own territory system to build it. And I I said this before with the with the budget cuts recently. And after this, I I think one day. All it's going to take is Vince to just be like, "Okay, NXT UK gone." And one day it's just gonna they're gonna they're gonna scrap it. They'll keep some talent that wants to come over here, but the majority. Oh, oh yeah, so I, many of them oh, I can definitely, I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, 
I definitely I think see that happen happening. sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Especially with them not having fans back too. Yeah. Yeah, that's cutting it's it easier off. Bottom line. Right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, back back to Lesnar, and then we'll we'll jump off of wrestling here. Um. So Lesnar resigned a deal. Um. It's for roughly a year and a half and at least eight matches. Um. Don't know. How, don't know how many appearances that's for. Obviously, we're getting him appearing in MSG next week. Um. So that there, but. And I don't know why I can't find the article right now, but he was quoted on championship contender matches, which we've seen WWE run now uh, quite a lot, actually, as far as you beat the champion, you get a title match. <laughs> and and Brock came out and said, you know, not to quote it, but summarize what he said. He said, I never saw the point in that to have a contenders match against a champion to me if you if you beat me for the belt if you beat me then you should be champion why is the champion fighting in a contenders match it serves no purpose to anybody involved in it it's true and to me that that goes like that's booking 101 no you don't beat your champion to set up the challenger for the champion because you've made your champion look weak yeah, <laughs> and I shouldn't lose the title just because uh, the title's on the line. A non-title match doesn't do anybody any good. Brock was like, "I never, I never understood that. Never, never got behind that. Nor do I believe in that. Like, it makes absolutely no sense." I think we all agree on that. <laughs> it's, yeah. So it defies the logic in any other sport. If you beat the champion, you beat the, you become the champion. They yeah. don't have, you know, you don't see it in boxing or anything like that. <laughs> but then again, why have the champs in the match at all? Well, you can have that argument, but I mean, to me, it 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 was just more of like now we see it with every belt. In WWE, that's mm-hmm. how they're that's how they're making their number one contenders. You wrestle whoever the champion is. If you beat them, then you get a title shot. And it's like, why are we doing this? Because you're gonna have them beat the champion to get a shot at the belt. The champion looks weak because of the, because they lost to them. And then if the champion beats them when the belt's on the line, what does that do to the person that beat the champion? It does nothing mm-hmm. for them either. It just makes it look like, oh, they got a fluke win over the champion. You, you're not helping anybody from no. a booking standpoint in, in that situation. Sense. It makes no sense. No sense. All right. With that, I think we've covered wrestling long enough uh, this week. We've gone into it here for about an hour or so. Um, I'm a little parched. I'm a little thirsty. We haven't <laughs> done drink it a week in a while, so let's uh, get ready to crack some beers. Chug, 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 chug. This week's Drink of the Week segment is brought to you by our celebration drink, Turning One. Um, this week we are doing Founders Panther Cub. It is a porter with vanilla extract and maple syrup aged in bourbon barrels. We did uh, Founders Breakfast Out a couple weeks ago. Really enjoyed that. Um, love the love the bottle here. Um, 
It's a robust porter. Panther Cup is aged in the finest bourbon barrels available, along with a kiss of maple syrup and vanilla extract. The aroma of maple and vanilla combined with a surprisingly deep character to make this rare creature one to gaze upon fondly. Don't let it fool you. This kitty has claws. This is a 9.2% alcohol. That... Uh, that read right there, I don't know if that's a, a, a profile for the beer or if that's a profile for like a panther on a cougar website. <laughs> so I, I was looking forward to this. Um, I, like I said, the breakfast stop from Founders was really good. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to go two for two here with the Founders selections. This is dark beer, Jay. So I don't know if you'll be into it. Uh, oh, I like that. Ooh, that bourbon. Ooh, that's strong. It's a strong flavor on that. I will say it's not the worst. It's smooth. But uh, this is exactly what I was thinking it was going to be. Mm. I, I I like bourbon barrel beers. Um, this is their series, and and you know I've had my eye on a couple of different um, beers that are that are bourbon aged um, in bourbon barrels, and this was everything that I thought it was going to be. So I know Donald J. This is dark beer, which is kind of off your radar <laughs> to begin with. Um, not to mention it's bourbon. So what was that? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I wasn't ex I wasn't expecting this one to go over with Yens too, um, <laughs> because of what it was. But you know, for me, I I felt this this hit everything that I was expecting it to hit. I'll try it. I always try it. Chris, where you sit out with this? I really like the aroma whenever you open it up. I think it's uh, really sweet. I didn't really smell the bourbon in there. I smelled like the maple, the vanilla. Um, I didn't smell the vanilla. Like I was, I was, I was expecting like extract vanilla. Okay, legit strong. So, but it's really for me. It's the flavor is only one dimensional, and it's the bourbon barrel. I don't. I'm not really tasting anything other than that. I think that's, and it's typical in in something that's aged, but. You know, usually you can pick up some of the other flavors in there, and I'm just not getting anything other than the bourbon. Yeah, and it just says to me, you know, going back to the description with it being a kiss of maple syrup and vanilla extract. A kiss. To me, that that's mm -hmm. just yeah. You're not you're not gonna. To me, that's not gonna be the main flavor profile is maple and vanilla. Like to me, I, I was expecting it to be more of the of the bourbon and, and you may get a, a hint of that as you're drinking it i i get more of the the maple and vanilla um but obviously the the bourbon barrel because it was aged that profile comes through a whole lot more and like i said this yeah. is this is my cup of tea right now i really enjoy these beers and with it being 9.2 percent alcohol you can you can hit oh, yeah. three of these and, and be good to go so all right, that was the Founders Panther Cub uh, on the rating scale, one to five sumo wrestlers. What do you rate Founders Panther Cub? Go around the horn here. Donald, what do you got? Uh, it was – I like the smell of it, and it has a smooth taste to it, but the bourbon was just very, very rough on me. You have to have an acquired taste for this. 
I go to Chris. Um, I think it's a good beer. I mean, that's something that's in my in my wheelhouse there. Um, I just wish that the flavors were a little bit more than if I was tasting anything except just bourbon. Um, I'll give it a three. I Jay. give it a one point five, just for the the smoothness. It didn't go down as harsh. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going with a solid four on this for me. Um, if you enjoy bourbon barrel, you know, aged beers, I highly suggest picking this one up. You won't be disappointed in, in that for me. So I, yeah, not not you know, again, it was my selection, and that's not why I rated it high. But I just yes, hit on all all notes for me. This kind of beer is like, to me, is like comedy to Donald. That's weird. <laughs> Not my cup of joke. Alright, well, with that being said, as always, we ask that you grab your bottles, cans, brown paper bags, shot glasses, anything else, red, blue, solo cups, whatever you're drinking with, and as you drink along with us, raise them high into good ships and wood chips and ships that sail the seas. The best ships are friendships and friends will always be. All right. This week in sports, we are officially in full football mode. Full day slate of games. Yes. Most wonderful time of the year. Was wonderful time of the year. Crisp weather. Favorite games back on the field. I had my fantasy draft coming up on Wednesday night. We are back, baby. Um, huge slate of college games on today. Uh, I think the two biggest ones are obviously Alabama against Miami at three thirty, and then the night capper Georgia versus Clemson uh, three versus five. If Clemson loses this game, good luck for them getting back into the college football playoff because they have nobody <laughs> ranked in the top 40 on the rest of their schedule the rest of the year, according to FPI. So they need this win more than Georgia does. Georgia can still get in if they lose this game and you know go on to, to win the SEC. Um, so, yeah, those are the two big games. Uh, UCLA and LSU is another one. Uh, I think UCLA could upset LSU there. Uh, Chip Kelly has oh, like a full four-year cycle of recruiting players, so um, they hot seat for him, boy. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is more this is more along the line of like Chip Kelly at Oregon. You'll see this year from the Bruins team than 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 what they've put out there. Um, so that's another one. Um, then tomorrow you have Notre Dame versus Florida State, so I will be tuning in for that. Um, Florida State is my is my squad. That's my team. I know they've been down lately. Hopefully they bounce back this year um, and, and see what they can do. So full college slate. Obviously, NFL kicks off next Thursday night with uh, the Thursday night game, Tampa Bay against Dallas, and then full slate of games on Sunday. Um, so with all that being said here, a um, couple things before we get into some predictions that I wanted to bring up. And since I mentioned Alabama, um, this stat was mind-boggling to me. And this Field Yates tweeted this out from ESPN. The 2018 Alabama football roster, three future NFL starting quarterbacks, Tua, Hurts, Mac Jones, two future first-round picks at running back, Jacobs and Najee Harris, 
Plus, they also had Damian Harris, who wasn't drafted in the first round. Four future first-round wide receivers, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Four other future first-round picks, Wills Leatherwood, Sertan, and Quinn Williams. That was their 2018 freshman class that they brought in. That is ridiculous. <laughs> and they're like primed they, to have it again. Like they, they always say, one. they never recruit. They just reload. <laughs> that's not even reloading. That's yeah, like – No rebuild, yeah. No rebuild. Yeah, that's unfair, reload. dude. Like, that is <laughs> insane right there. Mm -hmm. They know. see that's the easiest way to get from college to the pros. Go to Alabama. But do they do they turn out? As, uh, as uh, besides the besides the besides the the quarterbacks, I mean, I would I would say, and even they're struggling. Well, no, I mean, you know, historically, Alabama quarterbacks haven't really panned out in the NFL. Now we'll oh, yeah, see no. what these we'll see what these three do. But mm -hmm. you know, like, but again, you know, you weren't drafting AJ McCarron in the first round either. So like, yeah. It's not like they they were having first round quarterbacks at the time. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what what those three do um, with Hertz to uh, and Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to be a player. I think so. Um, obviously, New England named him the starting quarterback. They cut Cam Newton. Um, <clears throat> Tua, if Tua gets a fair shake, you know, people banged on Tua last year, but you got to remember he had major hip surgery, like. Mm -hmm. You know, now he's coming up on two years removed from that. Like, I think I think you'll start to see more of what Tua was in college compared to the Tua you saw last year. I think he's um, a good precision passer. I do. And then Hurts is the wild card. You don't know what you're going to get with Hurts. Um, are you going to get the Jalen Hurts at Alabama that couldn't throw the football and was inconsistent um, but a, a good runner and a good athlete? Or are you going to get the Hurts at Oklahoma that – blew numbers out the record books and got drafted in the second round because of that. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll, you know, go, go from there as far as college football goes. What I wanted to ask here football wise last night, Virginia tech played North Carolina and I saw a shit ton of people posting Penn state having the best college atmosphere and showing clips of whiteouts and everything else. But I, I put the clip out on Facebook and retweeted it on, on Twitter Virginia Tech coming out to enter Sandman last night legit gave me chills watching it. Like, that is probably one of the best entrances in college football and atmospheres to start a game. You have, I don't know how many people fit in their stadium, but they are literally jumping up and down, every single person singing Enter Sandman. It was ch like chills and goosebumps, 100% for sure. So, we can debate that at another time. Um, but what I wanted to get to from that that game last night, North Carolina was ranked number 10 in the country. Virginia Tech was unranked. Virginia Tech won the game. They upset North Carolina. And the fans stormed the field after the game. Um, I get it. Fans first time back after, you know, a year away from COVID and everything else and Yes, you you upset a ranked team and everything else, but where do we draw the line at rushing the field? Like to me, if you upset the number, you know, one one or two team in the nation, 
then yeah, you can rush the field. If it's three through three through five, you beat. It depends on the team that beats you, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, like you know, if if it's Appalachian State and they beat the number fifth ranked team in the country, then yeah, storm the field because you're Appalachian State. But like Virginia to me, you Tech, never, you never still on the field for North Carolina. No, you're not. I don't care unless no. it's basketball. You never feel storm the field for. And North I'm Carolina. sorry for me, North Carolina only got that tenth rating because they played a close game against Clemson last year. That's it. I don't believe in them whatsoever. No. But not only that, take the take out the fact that it's just North Carolina, but they're ranked number ten. Like mm-hmm. to me, come on now, it's the tenth ranked team in the country. Like really, no, you don't, no. You don't storm the field for beating the tenth ranked team in the country. And with the ACC Coastal Division that they're all in, I mean that's always a coin flip for anybody. But at, at what at what number do you do you put the the draw line in the sand? Okay, you you don't storm the field if you beat. X team ranked. At, at what number do you stop at? I stop three. I, I I'll stop at three, and you got to be super unranked. Like mm-hmm. you can't be like the twenty fifteen and beat like number three, and you storm the field. Like no, you was ranked for a reason. You number three, like, you got to be undefeated. You have to be like super unranked. Like I mean, terribly unranked. So like if you're um, let's see here. I'm trying if to you're an established. If you're an established team, I don't think you should ever rush the field. So say you're, say you're, say you're Miami of Ohio. Okay, you can rush the field, and you beat and you beat Cincinnati, who's ranked eighth. No, are you okay with rushing storming the field then? No. Okay, no. if you're Miami of Ohio and you beat Cincinnati, who's ranked. No five, no, because that's a get. Aren't they in the same? No, they're not in the same conference. No, they're not in the same conference. No, no. Miami, Miami, Ohio is a max school. I feel like they're on the same level. To me, they're not. It's the Mac and the American. So Thursday night, if you're Bowling Green and you upset Tennessee, (laughs) no, no. No. If you're Bowling Green and you upset Tennessee and Tennessee's ranked fifth in the country, do you storm the field? Yes. That, yes. Okay. Has to be undefeated. So that's why I said, that's why I said, you know, three, four, or five, I can give you, but it depends on what team upsets you. And it can't be, you, 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 this, this is week one. <laughs> this is week one. I can see if it was the last. <laughs> like getting <laughs> close to the weeks. end, you know, getting close to the end. Yeah, this is week one. Nah, everybody's susceptible. Yeah, if you're if you're FIU and you upset Florida in, in week eight, and, and you know what I mean, like that's a big <laughs> yeah. Especially if Florida's ranked super high and yeah. undefeated, yeah, that's something. Yeah, that is. Yeah, but you're you're Virginia Tech. You're you're Virginia Tech. You have history. You have a, a story program. You've played yeah. in national championships. You've been highly ranked. Like you've been here before. Sto- yeah, and you're storming the field over beating a tenth ranked North Carolina basketball. Are you school. Kidding me? Basketball school. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like basketball. Just, yeah. So yeah. So shout out. Hey, follow. Hit us up on on Twitter, Facebook. Let us know when are you allowed to storm the field. At what what is your what is your draw line in the sand? Okay, no matter if we win this game or not, we don't storm the field. 
Like, and let us know what you think because it's like storming the field on a bowl game, like pinstripe bowl. You, well, you saw uh, Kansas storm the field because they won their first game in two years. <laughs> but that's that's different because they were at home. Like that's I don't I, that to me that's not storming the field in the same <laughs> essence of, of an of an upset. You know what I mean? Over over a tenth ranked team. Like that's just like that's like the Browns having a parade after they went. You know, zero and eight. Over six uh, Yeah, you know what I mean. Like. Uh, Let's see how far North Carolina drops. Now might justify their uh, storm rushing. It's a basketball school. No, it don't count. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how how we'll see how college football shakes out. Like I said, a lot of games on the slate today. um, Big time matchups. A lot of ranked teams playing. Penn State and Wisconsin. There's another, um, I think, 19 versus 12 or 19 versus 14 matchup. Uh, Indiana, Indiana, and Iowa is an, another good matchup. Um, 17 to 18, yeah, yeah. So, and it's 0 0 for the Penn State Wisconsin game right now. Oh, they're already on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, drop me out for a sec. I gotta plug my laptop in. Yeah. Anybody else got anything for sports? Uh, we're we gonna touch on football. We're gonna do that next week. Uh, not football. NFL. We can touch on NFL. Or uh, when do they start? Next. They next start week? next Thursday. Yep. Next, next Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, they start next Thursday. So yep. should we save it for our predictions for next Saturday? Yeah, let's do NFL predictions next Saturday because they'll play the Thursday night game, but that's not going to matter as far as who we're going to yeah. pick for those two divisions. Yeah. So let's let's save our NFL predictions for next next Saturday. We'll run through those and, and give you our division winners, um, and, and then put, you know see if we want to predict Super Bowl or not. But we'll we'll for sure go through and, and give you the division winners there for NFL. Um, Juju doing the milk crate challenge was absolutely the dumbest thing I've ever seen a pro athlete do in my life. He has spotters. It don't matter. Doesn't doesn't yeah, matter, dude. Doesn't matter. You're two weeks matter. before the season. Doesn't matter. That mm-hmm. all all that did was just go to highlight Mark Madden's point as far as Juju doesn't no. care about football. He's he has, only about he's only about Juju's brand. He has spotters, man. It don't matter. It, he has spotters. He's not gonna fall. What other NFL player did that this week? Who knows? You never know. They might have. Somebody might have done it. <laughs> who, who, who did it? Somebody might have done it. Who did it. There's some hold on, I'm, out there. I'm, I'm looking. I, I I got my telescope out. I'm looking. Uh, that would be zero. He had two spotters. And did he read his contract? Two because, spotters. And did he read no, his milk contract? crates ain't in, in the contract? Oh yeah, no, but that might be detrimental to the team though. Milk crates ain't in the contract. Oh, man, they can avoid that. that. I mean, they can avoid that contract if that if that happens. Then you can't climb a ladder. But that gets a lot of people weren't allowed to climb a ladder. Yeah. You can't walk up steps. <laughs> Elevators only. Because <laughs> that happened to Jeff Kent a long time ago with the Giants. He fell and messed his arm up, and uh, he said he was washing his car, and he fell off a step stool, but he was actually popping wheelies on a motorcycle. Well, he lied. <laughs> he lied. You can tell me I'm walking crates. Um, the, uh, the only <laughs> other thing in sports this week um, <laughs> that I saw was – the Pittsburgh Pirates, um, <laughs> they found another way to lose a game in the most See. embarrassing fashion ever. A pop, an infield pop up to the second baseman, bottom of the 11th, runner on third, 
an infield pop-up gets dropped and the Cubs win the game in extra innings. If you haven't seen the clip, it's all over social media. Um, you tie that clip into the clip of Cabrian Hayes, you know, not stepping on first on a home run. Um, and then the bonehead force out play at first base with the catcher and the pitcher from earlier this year. How legitimately, I want to know if you're a fan of the Pirates and you have gone to games this year, they're they're 48 and 87 at this point in time, or 48 and 88. Like, how are you still a fan and how are you still going to games and giving this team your hard earned money? How? See, this, this, this is how I know people put too much into stuff that don't matter. It, like if, if you can if you can get angry at this, get, get angry. I, you're putting too much time and effort into it. It's just proving my point that, that hey, that's that's kind of yeah, like me me in wrestling. If you can get angry in it, then you're putting too much time into it. Like if it's but still isn't that, tomorrow, but isn't that what you're supposed to pay? But the, the whole the whole part of being a fan, what fan comes from what fanatic, right? I'm, yeah, then not can, can, don't consider me a fanatic or nothing. Oh, so you get mad with the Steelers? Uh, go uh, what third? I've been third and one and throw a bomb. You don't get mad? Not, not, not punch my TV or bust <laughs> mad. It's stupid. <laughs> you I hate it. Mad. I don't get rage out mad. I bet you there's a Facebook post about it though. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure there's a third bomb on there. I'm pretty sure there's a third bomb. It's a Williams. I bet someone William gave us getting torched all those years. It wasn't mad. You, you can't. No, you I'm can't. a William Gay fan, man. Come on, that's why. That's why. That's why I turned into William Gay fan for a day. But I mean, come on, dude. The infield pop up, like you got, you got caught in the lights. <laughs> that's like the dog ate my homework. You got to come back to that. It's just the you're a professional. Shit. That's all it was. You are a professional athlete, and you can't catch an infield pop up. There was no wind. Like, you know, first thought I was like, oh, they're playing in Chicago. So, Wrigley, the wind must have been crazy. There was no wind during the pop up. Like, nobody around them. Nobody around them. Didn't lose it in the lights. It wasn't hitting to the outfield. Like, on 93 7, the fan, they were like, oh, well, they were bashing the shit out of it. But they were like, the pop up was extremely high. Well, who gives a about how high the pop up was? It's an infield pop up. If it's extremely high, it gets lost in the in the night. You I can see way back in. I can see if you're at a seven year old little league game and that gets dropped. But come on, dude! Any 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 pony leaguer, Colt Legion player, college player happens every week. Not every week, every other week. Yeah, but they scored and won the game on that. But it, that that's the yeah that's the. <laughs> if they didn't score, it would have been another just a boneheaded play, not yeah. a. Not a viral sensation. Trash. Um, yeah, trash. Uh, I don't have nothing else. I don't. I don't have nothing else for decades. I don't have anything else for for sports per se. Um, you know, I did want to. If nobody else had anything, I, I I found the Yinzer of the decade, maybe of the lifetime. Serious. So Colin Dunlap tweeted this out, and Chris, you'll enjoy this because because of what I'm about to say. So there was uh, there was 
there was an obituary in the paper for a James Jim Manalea, and I probably pronounced that last name wrong, so please forgive me. But he <laughs> Dunlap said, I don't know who Jim is, but what a boss move to fire one more shot out as you go out the door in your obituary. And in his obituary, he said, quote, unquote, he was happy that he could celebrate the last 17,272 days of his life that the Philadelphia Flyers have not lifted the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most Yinzer statement that I have ever seen come out of a Pittsburgh individual. Yeah. <laughs> Just shit kicking the flyers in the nuts on the way out the door. <laughs> I was actually expecting it to be something against the pirates, whatever you started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just taking a shot at the flyers. Like Mark Madden always says, when have you seen the flyers win the cup? <laughs> I have it. And this guy, you know, celebrated 17,782 days <laughs> to be exact. <laughs> that is tremendous. Like yeah. I thought that was just <clears throat> so perfect. And that if, if you ever, if you ever ask, ask somebody from Pittsburgh, what is it like to be a Pittsburgh sports fan? That is the that is the quote that I'm giving because that sums up Pittsburgh sports fandom in in, in a perfect sentence as far as how they feel about their teams. Yeah. So, all right. With that being said, let's get into the highest rated, most debated. I'm right. The ins three are wrong. Game show of the week. One got to go. <laughs> All right, before you pop up the categories, Chris, I felt that this was uh, this was only right to do this right now, given the circumstances of everything that's going on surrounding one of these entries onto the One Gotta Go segment. So go ahead and unveil the list, please. With that Fugazi Jeopardy bullshit going on, I figured let's tackle game shows. Okay, Price is Right, Family Feud, Will of Fortune, Jeopardy. One Gotta Go. Who wants to go first? Simple for me. Will of Fortune got to go. Oh. I never was a big fan of the phrases and all that stuff, and America's I'm terrible game. at that. So, Will of Fortune got to go. You're getting rid of Anna White off the bat? Will of Fortune got to go. Wow. <laughs> I'll go. Um Family Feud, Wheel of Fortune. I watched both those. I don't watch Wheel of Fortune as much anymore because my grandmother used to watch that every day. So I'd just be down at her house and we'd watch that. Family Feud, I still watch. Any incarnation. All all are good. Um, Jeopardy, I, I like. I, it's not a consistent watch for me all the time, even though I did watch more this year just with a lot of the guest hosts. Uh, what was going on? It was usually just... That's usually a show that just comes on. I'll tune on every now and then. I can probably count on one or two hands how many times I've watched The Prices right since Bob Barker uh, stopped being on the show. I think I've maybe watched like a, a nighttime or like a primetime show here and there. Um, honestly, like Bob Barker version, I would keep, but right now with Drew Carey, Prices Right can go for me. Wow. Wow. Je- okay. Jeopardy stays. Um, see, Will of Fortune, that's the first to stay for me, Will of Fortune. Family Feud is tough because I am tired of Steve Harvey. 
You guys are taking the host into account. I'm I, talking I, just I, I, the game show itself. We're not give, adding in. <laughs> give me creepy Richard Dawson. Uh, <laughs> uh, he would not. He would not be able to do what he did. In he wouldn't. Oh, no, no. Like, because Family Feud. I feel like I'm smarter than the contestants. Always. Uh, I've, I've always hit up. I've always hit up people like, "Yo, we need to get on Family Feud because I can handle this speed round with no problem." Yeah. yeah. To me, Price is Right has to go, and it's because of the the the, the participants. You like, I hate, I hate, I hate them. I don't know. I don't want to care for nobody making money. I don't this care. Is unbelievable. Stop jumping. Stop celebrating. It's, quit screaming. Un- stop running down. Like One dollar. I fucking hate. Uh, <laughs> the game show of every. Nobody knows um, retail prices. The game show that that from that's included in the I'm sick from school starter pack. Yes, it is. Yes, you guys are getting rid of the prices right. Trust me, every day at work. To me, dude. Yeah. I like the prices every right. day at work, and the guys I, loved it. I, I like the, I, I, I like the prices right. right. I like I like the prices right. I don't care who's hosted. I love the prices right. I hate it. Mm. Plinko's fun. I hate everything else. Plinko. I love when the, people lose strike three. That's the nobody best. can putt. <laughs> what's the little What's the little game with the with the mountain climber that Yoda? The cliffhanger. Yoda, 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 cliffhanger. Yes, cliffhanger. Plinko. Um, yeah, come on, dude. Really, the price is right. I don't want to cheer. Nobody making money, man. For how little I watch it, if, it, no, if like Price is Right was canceled lose. tomorrow, it wouldn't change my life at all. Nope. Mm. If any of these shows were canceled, I'm this still moving true. on. No, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is it. I mean, like, <laughs> like gun, gun to your head. Uh, one, of, you know, if, if we cancel all four of these, do you, do you want to live or go? And I, well, yeah, go ahead and cancel them. But I mean, like, <laughs> but come on now, like, ends are all wrong. The one they got to go is Jeopardy. No, Jeopardy got to go. Jeopardy. You, you ever get an answer right on Jeopardy? <laughs> you must not have. Once in a blue box. You know you can do some shit. Come on now. Come on now. We'll we'll pull up Jeopardy on the PS5 right now, and I'll get a higher score than you. Okay, let's not even go down now. Okay. Okay. Oh wow! Log Jeopardy. On. Jeopardy just to me. Jeopardy just screams. You know, like. Uppity gray poupon. I'm smarter than you people. That I just wanted to punch in the face. Growing up, like just because you can memorize a bunch of shit out of a textbook doesn't make you smart. Okay, <laughs> they're not going. They're getting prepped before they go on and answer these questions. They're getting a list of categories and they're studying from the list of categories. Like, let's be real about what Jeopardy actually is. Okay, nobody's that fucking smart on Jeopardy. All right, it's all a fugazi. <laughs> it's all a. It's all a fake. All right, you've had your eyes, the wool pulled over your eyes for so damn long that you can't recognize it. Okay, Ken not Jennings, not that smart. You're okay? not smart. Ken either. Jennings, not that smart. All right, <laughs> not that guy. Okay, all right. It's by far the here. most boringest. It's the it's the most boring one out of all four of these. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. But you're wrong. Okay, mm-hmm. Trebek. Yes, Trebek. Arguably, I'd say. Him, Barker, and Sajak are the are the 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 three host wise that you that you can debate on which one got to go from that list. But 
We're not doing that right now. Um, I'm not getting not getting rid of prices, right? That's the home from school sick, call off, whatever. That that was instrumental to every child that grew up. Um, it was it was prices right, saltines, a can of Campbell's chicken noodle soup, and, and ginger ale. That was the starter pack for being home from sick from school. I All right. Family feud, yes, Richard Dawson was creepy. Um, you know, uh, what's his name from Tool Time whenever he hosted Richard Karn, that was good. Um, Steve Harvey for what Steve Harvey is, but Steve Harvey brought Family Feud back from the dead. I will say they give you the best clips. You could say that you're tired of it, but Family Feud now is is you know good. And Will of Fortune, I mean Pat Sajak, Vanna White, spin the wheel, make the deal. Um, yeah, I, I watch that every every whenever I was home from school in the summertime, I watched Will of Fortune with my grandmother every single day. So Jeopardy for me got to go off the list. Terrible take. You guys are trash. Straight Terrible trash. Season. All right. Hit us up on social media. Let us the know. music's the most popular. Well, Get out of here. Yeah. That's more iconic. This price is right and family feud in them. Do they even have like, the price is right? The price, the price is right. Is right. Mm-hmm. Family feud does too. Yeah, it does. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's way more better than, than Jeopardy. This is Jeopardy. What the doo 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 is them writing down mm-hmm. final Jeopardy answers. That's not even a theme music. <laughs> okay, we'll find Jeopardy, whether it's a board game, you know, an online version, uh, whatever. We'll find I, Jeopardy. Hey, we'll hey, Chris, out. did we do it? We did this for Zoom. We did, yeah. We got to pull it up one day. Okay. I got the Simpsons Jeopardy board game. I, I, I like how he said fire up the PS5 before, like he has a PS5 at home. I don't have a PS5. <laughs> oh. Oh. An Xbox guy. <laughs> You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not even on the Xbox One. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on an Xbox 360, bro. <laughs> hey, redeem um. these nuts, okay? All right. That's what you can do. That's what all you can do with them trash ass things you just gave. Run the pools, Donald, Chris. Run the pools like you normally do. Okay. What are my best? What are my best moments on this? Getting Steve worked up. (laughs) (laughs) I got this HD webcam on the new on the new laptop, and I can just see myself turning red as we record this episode (laughs) during during that segment. Happens every goddamn week. All right. With that being said, I'm right. You're wrong. Let's go into final thoughts. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning into our near birthday celebration. As what happened always, to the What happened to the quick lead in there? Would you cut that short? <laughs> that was Did he? Wasn't that? That was way shorter than what it normally is. Like, you want to talk about first it. times? That was about as short as everyone's first time. Okay. <laughs> Maybe your first time. <laughs> hey, we all can't hit a home run first time in the batter's box, right? That's true. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the episode. Make sure that you uh, like, subscribe, and follow all our social media pages. Hit that uh, subscribe button on YouTube so you get notifications when we go live every Saturday at 11 a.m. And as we mentioned before, our t-shirts are available at prowrestlingtees.com slash dumbmarkspod. And now through Labor Day, you can get all of our merch at 20% off. Anybody else have anything before we send it home today? Yeah, I got uh, some quick gaming stuff that happened in the past two weeks. Uh, 
Saints Row reboot is coming out on PS4, PS5, all the systems basically February 25th. Um, Scalpers, they are back. They got their hands on the pre-orders for the Halo Xbox Series X version that's coming out December 8th. Uh, the system itself is going to cost $550, and they're already reselling the tickets for 1000 to 2500 So good luck trying to get a Series X still. Um, the new revised PS5s are starting to come out in other countries. They are a half pound lighter than the original ones because half of the heat sink is missing. They only got half a heat sink, which makes the system run eight to nine degrees hotter than what it does. So it could possibly overheat. They took out a couple of um, Wi-Fi antennas, too, from four to two. So we'll see how those go. This isn't like a slim version. It's just a lighter no. version. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, it comes out February 18th to PS4 and PS5. And the big controversy was if you have the PS4 um, regular disc version, you cannot upgrade it in your PS5. So when you put the disc version in your PS5, you will still be playing the PS4. You won't get the PS5 graphics unless you buy the digital deluxe edition. And that doesn't have a disc at all. It's just a code. And that's the only way you can upgrade it from PS4 to PS5. So if you buy the standard, so if you buy the standard PS4 disc, it's just playing PS4. That's it. And that costs $80. So they're charging you $20. I'm not paying $80 for a goddamn code. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Next Thursday is the PlayStation Showcase. And it's not the state of play, it's a showcase. So that means they're gonna have a ton of games on there. It's gonna run 40 minutes, and this is the one that everybody's waiting for because God of War gameplay is supposed to be featured in here and a couple other things. And the last thing, uh, the Activision uh, lawsuit in California that's going on, the HR office is being accused of shredding documents <laughs> of all the abuse that happened. So I'll just leave that as there. Jeez. Uh, we have on gaming. Warzone just banned uh, 150,000 cheaters in a week. Great. (laughs) Call of Duty. (laughs) That's all I have. Um, I I can't remember if I mentioned this in the intro um, whenever I talked about the Cobra Cobra Kai hoodie, but uh, they were... They were renewed for a season five already. Um, so season four wrapped. It's supposed to come on Netflix in December. Season five already renewed. I believe initially the the time frame was that they would go six seasons. Um, so they did get renewed for season five. Who knows how much longer they go after that? But super excited for that. I can't wait um, to from that standpoint. <laughs> Shang Chi's out in theaters now. Marvel. Um, they're expecting big numbers box office wise. I believe it did $8 million on the early release on Thursday night. I saw too. Um, so big Labor Day weekend they're hoping for from that. And it will be on Disney plus in a hybrid release. It'll be on in 45 days on Disney plus, not on premium access. So you'll get it straight on Disney plus 45 days after uh, yesterday. So that's, that's a, a different release from, from them for that. That's all I had from from final thought stuff. Okay. Anybody got anything else? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in this week as we celebrated the one year anniversary show. Again, we love you guys. We can't thank you enough for tuning in each and every single week and and chopping it up with your with your favorite dumb marks here. Um, you know, continue to support the show. Email us. Set us comments on social media. Let us know what you think of any of the topics 
what we covered today. Let us know if you guys want to hear something different from us. We're always open to revamping and trying new stuff on the show. Again, this is to entertain you guys while you're out and about doing whatever it is that you're doing on Saturday morning. Um, you know what I mean? That that monotonous running around BS. If you're out mowing the grass, whatever the case may be, pop us, pop us in your earbuds and listen as you're cutting the lawn. Um, but with all that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal something here uh, from from our buddy that we know, uh, professional bodybuilder uh, Doug Connor Jr. Here, put it out on Facebook, and I, this this quote, what he what he said hit me personally because I've gone through changes recently. I've I've turned over a new leaf, started a new chapter with some things. Um, I don't I don't want to put it out there yet because you know now's the time to grind and, and move in silence, and and it'll it'll come to light when it needs to come to light. But um, he says, age is a mindset. A lot of people literally won't try to start anything new because they believe they are too old or they listen to other people say they are too old, projecting their fears onto you. Start that new journey. I promise you, you will surprise yourself. And that came up at a time whenever, you know, I needed to to make some some serious choices and decisions and uh, decided that it was time to bet on myself and and not worry about others um with things and, and go after some some dreams and goals of mine so doug shout out to you i see you brother you out there doing your thing um in the bodybuilding world but just know that that message is reaching people that aren't necessarily in that space but it applies to many other things so with that hey roll the dice gamble on yourself put the chips all in on the table bet on you now's the time to do it creators create people chase your dreams live your passions and with that you'll you know you'll be a better person um and until next time thanks for tuning in i'm a mark you're a mark tell a mark and we'll catch y'all around the way <laughs>